Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Real Deal. I am so excited that you are here, and I am very delighted because we've had really great feedback coming through to The Real Deal about buddy times. And I have my friend Gail Novak in the studio with me. And today we are also recording for my YouTube channel. So those of you who listen on The Real Deal, great. And those of you who want to take a look at who this girl is, you can do that too. But I just want you to know she is a catalyst for change. She is an igniter in the kingdom. She is a giant and not just because she's taller than me. She's a giant in the kingdom. And I love her cackle. I love her laugh. I love her connections. I just love all of her. And I know that you will be blessed too. We're just going to be real about what's going on. And honestly, you're just going to be part of our catch-up time. So welcome, Gail. I'm so excited to have you. It's our first video one. This is so fun. You know, isn't it fun it to is. have a video? It really yeah, is. It really is. So I wanted people to know that we, because of buddy time, we've never really done where I've asked you your rapid fire questions and okay. they're kind of used to that at the beginning. So let's not take too much time because we definitely want to get to some meat of things, but okay. would you say, don't overthink. Would you say your coffee, tea, tea, I'm a dog, drinker. cat, either, neither, dog, cat, oh, either, neither. Dog. dogs, morning bird, night owl, neither. <laughs> That's so funny. I love me some honesty. <laughs> I'm really good in the mid I I had to be as a mom get up really early because my son would get up at five every day, as does my husband. But then I'm also like at nine thirty. Like, is it bedtime yet? I really peak in the middle of the day. So, <laughs> remind me. We'll go back to the time one. Remind me because I have something I want to tell you about that. Books okay. or movies? Um. Well, I used to love books, and then menopause hit, and I'm having a harder time concentrating. So I like to be. I like movies. <laughs> I'm hoping we to just do this list. We just do this list because I always tell people just rapid fire, but I love to hear the background of every one of yours. Would you consider yourself leaned in or laid back? Oh, I'm always leaned in. I'm always like this. I, with the Lord, with people, I'm always on the edge of my seat. So leaned in. So you. Shower or bath? I'm a shower girl. That's okay, where I go driver. to eat, cry, laugh, you know, everything. Yeah. And you, you can be in there forever probably sometimes because of it. Driver yeah. or passenger? Depends on who I'm with. <laughs> I like to try. <laughs> Depends how safe I feel. No, I like I like to drive. But if it's a long road trip, I am a passenger and I pull up my pillow and sleep. Mm, mm. Okay. Eat at home, dine out. Uh, both. Um, I'm not a great cook, so I guess I like to eat out. Okay. And then um, introvert or extrovert? Well, I'm kind of shy. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm an extrovert. But again, as I age, I'm like, my capacity is not as big as it was for no. a thousand people. But I would say I'm still an extrovert. Yeah, that sounds like, it sounds I like just, what I would say for you too, I but I don't need to age. Yeah. 
So we've had kind of a hybrid because we've been on the real deal, but we've done our buddy times. But you know that it's called the real deal. And my dad would always tell people to just be the real deal, be authentically who you are. You know that he was an artist. He loved for real leather to be all leather and, you know, that kind of thing. Wood, you could see the grain. He just got excited if the paint on the picture got, like, had texture and was stuck out. And by the way, the pictures in my little Cludio are when my son was two. So these aren't Richard Hagen pictures. But anyway, um, who was a real deal for you, Gail? And how did it affect you? Just if you have, you might be have more than one, that's fine. But just who sticks out? Um, as of today, um, one of my yeah. coaches, when I was, worked at a stable, I worked in a, a barn and had a horse and I taught little kids lessons. And that coach, that trainer took me under her wing and taught me up and trained me up how to, um, teach kids how to ride and how to do all the things that it involved in my horse. And she really was there for me in a pivotal time after my dad had left and my mom was not well. And I went to the barn every day. And so that was really a sweet um, mentor person in my life at that time and um, really challenged me to take risks and to step out of my comfort zone. And I did with my horse and then with the training of the smaller children, he made a huge impact on my probably like 13 to 15, 12 to 15 year old age. So, yeah. You know, I just, I love that because I think we talked one other time and you mentioned like a family that kind of took you in and, but the reason I'm oh, yeah, saying my next door neighbor. Yeah. Isn't that cool that if there is a vacuum and nature abhors <laughs> a vacuum, right? But God, like fills in vacuums. I mean, I noticed that during a really hard season with my daughter that God brought me daughters. Nobody replaced Grace. That's not what I'm saying, but he mm -hmm. knew that in this situation you didn't have a strong dad and a mom in that in that part of your life. And so that's neat that that trainer was there. Yeah. Well, and that was probably and, the same time that my next-door neighbors were and that man was in my life as a dad figure because my dad had moved out and I used to go riding with them. So that was a really sweet time with that family and how they they took me in and loved on wow. me and fed me and, and drove me to the barn when my mom couldn't get off the sofa from depression and, and really poured into me and fathered me. And then I had that, wow. and they'd hand me off to the coach trainer and she would take it from there and then they'd pick me up. So it was kind of all encompassing in some really hard years. So, yeah. You know, so I asked like, how did that affect you? But Gail, that really affected you. Cause that's kind of who you are for people to this day. If, yeah. if I think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right. I love coaching and training alongside. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. just great. The Lord okay. Told so, me yeah, he did. We haven't, um, by the way, I love Buddy Times. So, everybody go check out Buddy Times. We have talked about everything. Uh, what I said on another one. We talked about everything and we love that. And we also have one where you did with Kim Claver, and that will come out before this one did. And so, people can listen to that one. Um, or any of our buddy times. I think they're really fun. What I do love, Gail, and we mentioned this in the one that you did with your friend Kim, Kim Claver, is how you have the ability to go be really shallow. And, you know, we can talk about decorating. We talk about new pillows on our couch. We can do whatever. And then all of a sudden, I, I described it as that you have this swimming pool that is not graduated at all. It literally just like the shallow end where you could put your toddler in, but then it goes scuba diving. And I'm really okay with that because I never know what our buddy times are going to be like, but I'm always in rip. So first of all, I just want to honor you. And I thank you for your time and being able to do this. And yeah, it means the world to me. You mean the world to me, but I have me too. To I love you. 
love you. I really haven't talked to you in a bit. So yeah, what are some months. things stirring? What are some things that are on your heart? I know you mentioned you, um, maybe your church is going through a series, but something with joy, like what, what's pinging around for you? Yeah. Yesterday, uh, well, we're, we're, the word for a year for our church in Texas is dunamis. So like power and power. Know, all, all the meanings of dunamis. And um, it, yesterday's sermon was on joy and mm. it touched me in such a deep way because I've been wrestling with finding joy and I haven't been doing it very well. Uh, the circumstances of the world, circumstances in some relationships I'm in have have been very heavy and I've been having a hard time finding joy. And they just talked about how joy is a weapon of warfare and joy gives us our strength. And then he went through all these other verses, which I have not memorized yet since yesterday, but it totally encouraged me to look at it differently and that it's, it is the second fruit of the spirit after love. And I was just moved. And by the end, we were all like kind of dancing and yelling, joy, joy, joy. And it shifted something in me yesterday and it lifted a heaviness off of me that has been on me for a few months. And yeah, and a, a, like a not hopeless, but not joyful, somewhere in between. And it was, um, it's been hard. It's been really hard. Yeah. And so the, yeah. it, something shifted yesterday and it encouraged me and it kind of like recalibrated and reminded me that there is like my strength comes from joy in the Lord and I can tap into joy and that joy is a weapon and it is a fruit of the spirit. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that. Like I yeah. forgot that. And I'm like, wow, I just yeah. totally slipped out of joy. And I'm right. a pretty joyful person. I'm typically, yes, I'm pretty like, they're, they're like happy, but and, and my name means like joyful and delight and the father's delight. Wow. And I, have a tendency to like walk in that, but I haven't because I let the circumstances of the world drag me down. So yeah, thoughts. Gosh, that that is really honest. It's really true. Well, it's interesting to me that it is the second fruit of the spirit, and yeah. well, the fruit of the spirit is one thing, but it is right, right, one, right. The, the second one was yeah. But it's also a third of the kingdom, and I think a spirit of religion does not like joy actually because it's righteousness, peace joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. So it's one third of the kingdom. And when we don't have joy, we okay, got to say that again. Joy. I got to say that again. Say it again. Righteousness, peace, okay. joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God, it says in scripture. So our right standing with him is a third of the kingdom. The peace that we get from the Prince of Peace is a third of the kingdom. And joy in the Lord is in the Holy Ghost is a third of the kingdom. And so I see people walking around with two thirds of kingdom life in them. You know what I mean? If they're not joyful and that's not a complete person or a complete aspect. But what I loved, I have two stories, but I love what you said about dancing at the end, because it says that you can put on a garment of praise where there was a spirit of happiness. So that means God actually, you felt it come on where you were able to you know, you're not faking it, or maybe you have to do something first to get there. But <laughs> I think I talked to an audience about this when uh, Grace was with me, but I have this photo. I just want to show you this photo. So okay. this is a photo of Grace because it's too bright. Can you see? Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. This photo sat up on our, um, co- like it's one of those couch tables, but it's against the wall and had that picture on it. And I was listening to 
something. You know how I get into these like rabbit holes of watching everybody on YouTube or doing whatever. So I, I saw this man and you know how like it, whatever you've watched, it may suggest a few others. I don't even know yeah. this guy, but somehow yeah. it popped up as like suggested for you. It was this gentleman in Africa and he was um, an African man and he had like gar- the African dress and everything. And he was saying that he would have the ability to just worship until joy comes or worship and your problem away or worship. I don't, I don't know what, but it was part of a warfare thing. So he said, what concerns you today? Let's just think of that in the middle of a circle. And he was talking about how that this could be appropriate. And he said, let's just sing or whatever. And I don't remember them demonstrating it, but I ran over and took this off the little couch table, set it in the center of my little loft area. And I was really concerned. This was one of those really deep days where I was like, Lord, this is long. When will I see her? Is she okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I started dancing and the words to his song and I'm dancing around. And at first I'm kind of like, whatever. And the words to the song as I'm looking down are wonderful Jehovah, Jehovah, wonderful. That's the, that's, there's not one more lyric. There's not one more verse. There's not a bridge to the chorus. It's wonderful Jehovah, Jehovah, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm going around Jehovah, Jehovah, wonderful. Okay. The reason I bring it up is literally Gail, there was a shift that happened in the atmosphere of my house. There was a shift that happened in me. And honestly, I forgot about grace. I literally wasn't thinking about her photo down there that I was chanting and singing and encircling. I was just in the presence and I was thinking, my my God has given me a joy that makes me feel strong right now. Like I feel mm-hmm. strong enough to do whatever this was that a minute ago felt really heavy and it was yeah. just too much for me to bear. So yeah. when you said dancing, I thought of it. I thought, well, I'm going to tell her my dancing story. Oh, no, I love that. That's so encouraging. I mean, I would challenge people to do that, encourage them strongly to do that. And not even in this sermon, it's Mercy Culture Church in Fort Worth, Texas. You can look it up if you want on YouTube mm. to watch the sermon. But sure. it, um, they, they, they're like, are you worried what people think? Like if you're, if you uh. want to dance or if you want to move your body and, and our church is pretty open and free about that. And, and they're like, they're challenging us to step into that and even around your house to dance and to worship and to, and to be silly and to laugh out loud. And I was listening to your um, podcast from uh, Steve Bachland. Is it Bachland? Bachland? Yep. Yep. And, and just um, the laughter and how that shifts the atmosphere. So I love this, this train we're on right now and where it's going. And I hope some people will step out of their comfort zone, even if they're just doing it in their bathroom or in their, uh, in their family sure. room all along that they would sure. dance or they would cry out in worship and joy. Um, yeah. All their situation. I, I actually have uh, these verse cards that I, you know, take on my walk and things like that. But one of the sections is joy comes in the morning and then it'll give you different yes. verses for joy comes yes. in the morning. Yes. But if you think about it, joy comes in the morning is a, for me, that's like a statement of the promise, but it doesn't mean it didn't say joy comes on Thursday morning. To me, that means joy comes after there's been a night. Ooh, that comes in the morning. So, you okay. know what I mean? Like, I can't say it means it would be every morning. And because I, I just don't want to have people think that they may never have two or three dark days that are linked together. But mm-hmm. it comes in the morning. And the, one of the verses is Psalm 30, verse four and five. Sing to the Lord, ye saints. Praise his holy name for his anger lasts only a moment, but mm-hmm. his favor a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing 
comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't know the length of the night. It could be just one day. That would be awesome. Yeah. But but yeah. it may be something, you know, a little bit more than that. And there's another one. It's um Psalm 30, 30 verse 11. You turned my wailing into dancing. Yeah. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So good. Yeah. So good. And then there's one more that was in this little thing. It says uh, from first Peter five ten, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself yeah. restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. And so I think the way I love that promise is that joy is going to come in the morning, but it doesn't say, and you won't have suffered. It says right in there after you've suffered a little while. Right. You right. Know? And so that doesn't mean there is no suffering. And, you know, Paul would say things like my light and momentary troubles are achieving for me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So I fix my eyes, not on what is seen, but what's unseen for what is unseen is eternal. And what's seen is just, you know, temporal, which, which we get that, but he's basically saying it outweighs. That doesn't mean there wasn't something on the other side of the scale. You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I love that you could almost feel it because you are a joyful person. So Thank you. what are some of the things that you think you might even try in this next season to keep that, keep that joy on just like you would keep love on what, I mean, honestly, let's just think through some things. Yeah. Let's brainstorm. Um, and hopefully some will resonate with other people too, and they'll want to try it. Um, I, I always think that um, a lot of times I'll take clients through gratitude and speaking out loud things that they're grateful for uh, about the Lord and about their life. And it can be a, it can be a mind shift and it yeah. actually there's studies where it actually heals the right side of the brain and helps mm-hmm. the emotions come into proper alignment. And so um, we'll often do exercises where you're, um, speaking out loud things that you're grateful for. And it can be a little thing. It can be like my yummy cup of coffee or wow, the beautiful sunrise of the Lord or that he saved me. It can be, you know, deeper shallow, uh, for sure. Um, I used to, as a child, I was, remin- I was thinking yesterday uh, about my childhood and I would often go into our family room and close the doors and play music and dance and dance and dance and um, twirl and just childlike dance all through wow. And, um, and I love worship. And so, and I'm not like a worship leader, but I just love, I feel really close to the Lord when I'm in an atmosphere of worship. And I feel like as you start to get, lose hope or you lose joy, you don't tap into those things and you don't do those things. And so I think, um, almost, um, making myself do it like a habit, like having to go like gym and, and exercising. And it's like, Kind of deny yourself that for a little bit and step into it. And if you even do it for five minutes, even set a timer. If you think it's like too hard and you can't do it because it's just like you have to muster it up, like set a timer for five minutes and and try. And mm. uh, and then it seems then it then it feels like it can jump right into it can go on longer than that. Sure, It'll go longer than five minutes. Sure. And or just build build up to it. It's kind of like when you start lifting weights, you start out with light weights you know, and then you build up as you get stronger. And so I think sometimes it's just, it's like creating a new habit of choosing joy, which sounds odd, but it actually, we can get out of the habit of choosing joy. I think sometimes we have to get back in the habit of choosing joy. So uh, is that like getting out in fresh air? Is it calling a friend that makes you laugh? Because there's certain people that on our rainbow of friendship that are going to be like, 
oh, this person, we're going to like crack up about the most embarrassing thing we've ever done or, you know, something right. that will bring some joy. because That's good medicine to our soul. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you <laughs> think? Right. So, no. So why don't, you, why don't you just bring me joy like you did right before we hit the record button? So is this good lighting? Is this good lighting? Is this good lighting? Is this good lighting? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is this good? Can you see my chin hairs? <laughs> okay, yeah. wait. Here, let me pull this one in, too. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I mean, the truth is... You have good lighting, but the okay. number two is that you have, okay, pull that other one closer to you. No, I, actually the ring one, maybe closer. No, the ring one. Okay. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're good. You're good. You can I have it. Anyway. No, okay. but the thing is, is that you, you do, you are one of those people for me. And I was laughing. Do you know what I mean? And so we yeah. do have those friendships that we know will be a fun thing mm-hmm. and will bring us joy. But when you said, I choose joy. I think we can go, but that doesn't feel like me or that doesn't feel authentic right now because I'm not joyful. Am I really lying? Am I making it up? However, we will choose a bad thought over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So how is that not choosing depression or choosing low state? You know, cause, cause David is like, why so downcast? Yeah. Oh my soul. Like he's kind of asking himself like, why am I in this funk? Then he goes, Put your hope in God. He's saying like, oh, I think why so downcast as I've been like this. I need to switch gears. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. Because I do think we don't ever challenge ourselves if we stay in a funk. We don't say, well, why am I doing that? Well, then why why can't we choose joy? Um, okay, I have, <laughs> I have a joy story. Because joy, like think of that when the spirit moved in revivals and things of the past, they would call people the holy rollers, right? Because they literally would roll on the floor laughing. And that's how we get that. I don't know that it's from the revivals that we get roll on the floor laughing as our little R-O-L. Wait, I have something in my hair. But um, I went into a room. My cousin and I went to uh, Bethel and we went to church there and we were going to go to the healing rooms. And she went ahead and went to BSSM and I've interviewed her for the podcast and but we were just checking it out. So I'm not kidding, Gail. We walked in to this room and, you know, they were so very orderly. It wasn't like it was out of control, but in the healing rooms day, they had, you filled out something that you maybe were requesting or asking God for. And there were beautiful like screens that had like, you know, this is your chance to receive ministry. You don't have to be ministering to others. So, you know, let the ministry people do it. Cause you know how sometimes if you're a leader or you're whatever, you might start wearing that cap or taking that mantle or anointing and start thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, no, this is your chance to receive. So I thought that was on there. And then it had like a little thing that said something like, what, what are, what are your concerns or thoughts today? Or what do you need healing for or prayer or whatever? I can't remember. And you have this little clipboard and somebody comes by and they come in twos to minister you to you. And it was just beautiful. But as I'm waiting, and I mean, there was um, dancers up on the stage and there were people in the center doing prophetic art. And it was just a, it's a beautiful atmosphere and they had couches and chairs and, and little um, pillows and, and plants. So they took their room and transformed its beautiful space. And I walked in and there was two men rolling on the floor and that kind of in oh. different directions because they got slammed and they were hit by joy. And so they were rolling. And to be honest, at first I was like, okay, all right. You know, and I sit down with my little clipboard and there's a man across from me like just across from me and he's waiting and he is not having it he is <laughs> not happy. 
And you know how they say, well, what are your demonstrations, manifestations of the physical stuff when you get into the spirit? Maybe it's hand raising, maybe it's jumping up and down. Well, yeah. there are still manifestations. And I say this to people when I talk about worship, there's still manifestations of the spirit that are on the opposite end, like crossing your arms. Like yeah. giving the worst team the stink eye, like taking your coffee cup, like I will not be moved. I will not join in this course. You know, whatever. There are just these. So, so this man did not have a full on, like you can't make me posture, but he sat with his arms crossed and his <laughs> eyes were averted down to what was going on on the floor. And he was some judgment. <laughs> Total. Total yeah, judgment. Totally judgment. Not <laughs> and I remember, you know, he was kind of a thinner gentleman, you know, a little bit older than I am. Maybe he was in his late 60s, early 70s or whatever. And I just thought, he's kind of an attractive man. And he kind of, okay, this is not terrible, but this is just true. I think he dyed his hair because his hair was really dark. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. the color was really blonde. So anyway, no judgment, just true. My hair is I'm really glad. blonde. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I look over at him and he's ticked off that this is happening. And I'm thinking he has a spirit. It's a spirit of religion that will not allow him to even feel joy. And I don't know for certain, but that was what my spirit was discerning. So anyway, somebody came over to that, to him and, and I, somebody came for me. So I kind of missed what was happening to him as what was happening to me it's, uh, simultaneously. <laughs> so I go back to sit down and I'm going to wait for my cousin and, and I see him. And I've been prayed for, he's been prayed for. And all of a sudden I take like my hands, like I'm going to throw him a beach ball and I throw him the ball and I'm thinking, I'm just passing you joy, you know? And he catches this ball and like, I, I have never volleyed back and forth like this again with someone, but he got hit with joy and the joy was still happening around him, you know? And and then he starts to kind of his shoulders start to go up and down, you know, and he cracks a smile. And then he's like, okay, I don't know what to do. So he throws it back at me. And then I'm Wait, like, is it, no. ball? is it a ball? No, no, no. Just, oh, I just okay. pantomime. You pantomime, but he played along. He played along. He got this grin. Okay. And all of a sudden he, okay. he goes like this, you know, and he throws it at me. And then I catch it. And, and literally I wasn't making this up. It's not like what I would maybe do with my grandson now where I'm cracking up. I mean, literally we were both getting hit by joy. And so what was so ah. precious to me was this was a little volley back and forth for a little bit. And I, and I like wave, like I'm hitting you with joy, you know, and I got to just wrecked. I just was full on, like felt like I had a core workout. I was laughing and laughing and laughing. And I did this. I'll never forget this part. He looks over at me. He never told me his name. He never came and sat by me or anything like that, but he just mouthed the joy of the Lord. I was undone. It was like he had this, you know how people shake their head no when they really mean yes, but they're really meaning like, I don't know what yes is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why people, and his yeah. head was going back and forth. And he was just like, I don't get it. And then he mouthed to me, the joy of the Lord. And he oh, was just so transformed. He looked different. It was incredible. He looked it different, I bet. Yep. Aww. He really did. His whole countenance had changed. So anyway, that that's one of the things when it says he turned my mourning into dancing. Do you know what I mean? You get a garment of praise where there was a spirit of heaviness. There's a transformation and it was visible to me. It was visible. I love that <laughs> so, story. Oh, that's so good. 
I think, so we all need a, a beach ball. <laughs> yeah. So I would add to just thinking about this and, and um, even what they talked about in the sermon yesterday and what I have felt at different times in my life is, yeah, but you don't understand my situation or you don't know my story. So there, it's not possible to have joy. If you knew what was going on in my life, you'd realize like, yeah, they can have joy, but I can't. And so um, that's a lie from the enemy, but it feels right. very real. It feels very real. And so uh, I think we have to combat it with the things that we're talking about. So even if your circumstances are devastating and challenging and so hard or continuous, or you've been long suffering, with the Lord, we can have joy in the midst of the really hard time, which can feel at first for me over the last few weeks that it wouldn't be authentic. I felt like I'd be faking if I had joy because I was really wrestling with some heavy stuff. But you can have both, which is sure. only in the Lord can you have both because like in the world, you can't have happiness and something really bad because you're like, that doesn't, they don't go together. But joy and happiness are not the same thing. So does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does because it's like, otherwise, why would it have to say you can have peace that passes yes. all understanding? Like right. a, a peace that goes, this doesn't make sense now that I have peace. It passes understanding because I should be, you know, whatever it is. But like you said, it's not only an either or necessarily you can have this joy. The, right. the thing that I thought when you said, I cannot find it right now. I think it's a psalm. Um, uh it doesn't matter. The, the The scripture says he trains my hands for war. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentor ladies, she's now 80. She said something to me during a really difficult time where I was like, is this going to take me out? This, this could be really hard. And, and she said, he trains your hands for war. And then she told me this story about how, when she was a little girl, she was going and the hands were the piano and she went to her piano lesson and and she realized that um, she wasn't sure if she was any good. And then uh, I believe she had like a long lane. She had to ride her bike down to get to the piano teachers. Um, and there was trees mm-hmm. lining both sides, but there was this dog that came out and scared her. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, she didn't want to go back. She was like, I am not going back to my piano teacher. And she, was, uh-huh. she told her parents, so she quits. So in her late 60s, she wants to take piano lessons. And she wow. got lessons from another lady um, at her church and she's taking piano lessons. And the lady said, you need to play with your hands. You are playing with your whole body and it is causing you too much pain, too much okay. angst. And it's like, it's not your whole body that needs to play. It's your hands. Okay. So if you extrapolate, I took her story. I took what she was saying. I took the scripture and I understood what she was saying. Rachel, in this circumstance, your hands go to war, but the rest of your being can be at rest. The rest of your being can ex- um, experience peace. The rest of your being, it's okay if you're joyful. You know, because I, I always, always feel bad, like, especially in the situation, like with Grace, when she was gone for those number of years, I was like, am I being fake to have joy? I'm like, no, I, this is, this is a section, you know, this is a section of me. This isn't my identity. It hasn't become this thing. And so for whatever it's worth, I think that's maybe important for people to feel that it's okay to be authentic, but it doesn't have to take you out or overwhelm you. 
to the point where mm-hmm. you can't have joy. Yeah. Or that's not being authentic or you're fake that way or, you know, whatever. So what else would you do? Like we talked about like dancing or like doing five minutes of like, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to, you know, do this one thing or gratitude. Like what else comes to mind that you might, or that you did or would do if, if you were feeling like yeah. joy, lack of hope or just downtrodden, long suffering. Right. Well, it's interesting because Grace and I just got finished, um, speaking in the Minneapolis area. And one of the things that I wanted to do was I told him, listen, I feel like the most alive when I'm doing this, you know, like I know I'm meant to speak to women and to be, to be, doesn't have to be women, but to be upfront, those kind of things. But I need you to know this energy level is how I am no matter what, Mm -hmm. but I do not want to tell you things that I did that helped turn our circumstance around so that you think if I do X, Y, and Z, I will get A, B, or C. I said, However, I do feel like I grew with a great arsenal of knowledge of, like you and I have talked about, like going to the courts of heaven and warfare and reading your Bible out loud or getting together with a group of friends and praying in the spirit and someone, you know, all the different things. I feel like all the bells and whistles that we have been given, I employed them all. I I have a tool chest. (laughs) Full. And I mean, did I fast? Yes. Did I pray? Yes. Did I journal? Yes. Did I do warfare? Yes. Did I, you know, command in the spirit? Yes. Did I just rest? Yes. Did I sit and eat chocolate and drink tea and just make the enemy mad that I wasn't going to get all mad? I mean, literally all these things I did. But I did said, you call to them, a friend when you were did I call sad. a friend? Did I call yeah. you? Totally. Yep. The answer yep. to everything is yes. But it's mm-hmm. not only after you've done the hokey pokey too. I, I didn't want to make it sound like that. And I right. don't believe that. So I right. said, yes, I did all of those. And I am changed because of it. Because I now mm-hmm. know more of who I am in the spirit. And and as a son of God, you have authority to do things. And you've been given keys to the kingdom and all that. Right, 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 right. But I said, it's because I made a call on God's character. And he's a faithful, good, loving God. And he's that for you too. And I said, I, I, and I still feel this way. I feel like I'm an encouragement specialist. God told me I could say that. I think I'm an encouragement specialist and I think I'm a hopeologist and I really love to celebrate people. Those things I feel like really often, but the hopeologist came because I felt like hope was rising when I thought about who God was, not who my, what my circumstance was. And that's the only thing that would always shift it is yeah, but God's bigger. Well, nothing's impossible with him. But God, you put all those people in in the hall of faith in Hebrews and they're screw ups. They're, you know, they're mess ups. Yeah. But they yeah. made a call on your character and they trusted so that you would do this. And so I'm rolling all this responsibility or this heaviness that I have to work it out or do it right. And I'm rolling all that over onto you because it's because you're good. And because you keep your promises and because you cannot deny your word and because you can't go back on what you've said. Okay. I believe you're that good. And it just was like, because otherwise in our training, we feel like we've got to do certain things and that can be a weighty, weighty thing. Right. Don't want it to be a checklist. I'm hoping like that it could be um, suggestions or things to try or Lean into this, or this might lift you your head, you know, your your weary face. <clears throat> exactly. 
Like it might lift your face towards the Lord um, if you press into this thing. So Yeah, and I really appreciate you asking because I do believe even when we did the question and answers sometimes on Buddy Time, we didn't want to make it sound like we've got everything figured out, but there are nuggets mm-hmm. or there are things you could choose or there are tools, like you said. I just wanted to make mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and I wasn't denying the way you asked it. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't oh, no. like Rachel did it all right. That's not what I feel. I feel right. like, boy, did I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Boy, did I, you know, figure out a lot. And at the same time, it's probably not anything with that other than I do remember a day of like, you know, if this is an idol, I leave it at, at your feet. I give it up. And then years later, if this is an idol, I leave it. I give it up your feet. And then later I was like, there was a point where I had faith in my faith. Mm. Oh, that was an eye opener. Huge. Oh, I have a faith in my faith instead of like, I have a faith in who you are, God. And now I also have the faith of God that you'll do this. You've given me this deposit that it will happen. And that's when stuff started to churn. And then lastly, I remember being in the sauna one day and I just, I felt like if there's, if this isn't a full release, if I haven't like uh, totally given it, like I'm totally hanging on just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever thread. So mm-hmm. those are things that might help somebody on the other end. It doesn't have to be a, a strange child. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things can take, can try to steal our hope for sure. Or even what's going on in the world, it can make us go, oh, what's the point? You know, what, what, why try? Or why do, why try this new adventure if, you know, all these things that are happening in the world. So I have to kind of like refocus in and be like, all right, God, what are you calling me to do? Like right now and today and this week and this month and who do you want me to love on and who do you want me to come around? Um, Because I can get bombarded otherwise with everything that's going on. And, and in some ways, we can start to live in a world we've created with our own words about how dark it is and how bad it is out there and how bad it is for, our, you know, because if you've said it once, that's fine. But if you retell it in your mind, now it's actually exponentially worse because you've right. retold it and reset it. And then you tell somebody else about how bad the circumstances are always oh, in our world. I'm not saying it isn't a dark place, but I was reading from Isaiah 60, which is part of my you know, beloved book and um, uh-huh. Arise, Shine. But I was reading that to an audience the other day and I said, listen to what I just think this is amazing. Arise, shine for your light has come. Okay, so it's not that it will come or we're waiting on it for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and Mm -hmm. thick darkness the peoples. So it's not like we don't understand that, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen on you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they gather together. It talks about your sons are going to come from afar. Your daughters are going to be carried on the hip. It's basically that even the wealth of nations will come to you. It's like this big switcheroo. But for me, it's like it doesn't mean the world isn't dark. It just means, wow, look how much brighter we will shine. So good. Because Such a great reminder. Such a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. Go ahead. I was just thinking about the reason that 
I don't know when this will air, but just this, the Asbury revival, the things that are yeah. happening in across the country right now. And, and it's like, as darkness is arising, as corrupt and yucky stuff is happening. Um, like, yeah. oh my gosh, the Lord is showing up in really beautiful, huge ways. And I think it's going to continue to do this. Um, and will we get on that? Will we, will we jump on and jump into that, um, that flow of the Lord moving across the earth? And are we willing to do that? So I'm just noticing that my makeup's like coming down a little bit. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> I know. Um, but just, yeah. yeah, like they'll both rise and it's like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's be a part of that. Let's be a part of that revival and a part of that light, you know, flooding the earth. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was laughing when we were down in Florida, um, in Marco Island, we were with our friends, Brian, uh, Stephanie and Scott and Lisa, but Stephanie said, Rachel, go over and tell Scott, he's walking around the bells beals with his, um, flashlight, just roaming around the, you know, cause you could see on the back of his phone, the flashlight, yeah. you know, and I'm like, cause you know, he often takes a call or whatever. So he, he didn't realize he must've hit that button. But in that store with all the fluorescent lights and whatever, he can't tell that his flashlight is on and he's just right. walking around. And, you know, I said, Scott, you, cause I don't know if he really wants his battery worn down. I don't know if he wants to blind the, you know, the person next to him shopping. I don't know. But so I told him your flashlight's on, you know, but you couldn't really see it. Yeah. But if it were a dark night and we we're walking in the beach and stars aren't out or yet or whatever, it would be like, I'm really glad he has a flashlight because now I need to follow where he's going. And so the darker it gets, believer, just be excited. The, the light is in you because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Then he turned to the disciples and he said, uh, you're the light of the world. And so that's that's not a um, that's not too much to carry. You can't extinguish our light. It's in us. So it will shine. So, so that's my whole thought on that. And then the other thing I used to do, Gail, is I'm I talk to myself all the time anyway. Like, oh, you should go check the mail. Oh, don't forget that your clothes are in the dryer. Oh, okay. Do you, where are your keys? You better go get your keys. Why don't you say, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> talk to myself a lot. <laughs> they would be like, she's talking to someone in the home, but she's not. <laughs> no, she's just talking to herself. No one home. And um, yeah. I talk to myself as a way of encouragement because it yeah. said David strengthened himself in the Lord. So I will talk to myself and I will say things like, you know, this is all working for my good. It's all working together for my good. Or I'll say things like, you know, uh, somehow, I don't know, but something's going to shift here because God's going to break through. Or you know what? God is always working. That's another one. You know, the Waymaker song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Well, that's true. And I was meeting with a mentee and we were just going through John and she was reading aloud and she was going to read a certain section. Then I was going to read a certain section and I'll never forget it. She said, and, and Jesus is talking. So it's red letters in the Bible. And he goes, uh, I'm always working. And my father's always at work. He's always working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a sentence, but I was so encouraged. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. so encouraged. I was like, I have no idea that that's happening, but that's mm -hmm. what you said. Yeah. And, and I, I just knew, I just knew it was, it, it was a truth. He's, he's working. I don't have to see it to know that he's choosing he's to believe it. You're choosing to believe it, choosing to believe it. Like you're choosing joy. You're choosing hope. You're choosing faith. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yep. And also what do I get if I 
don't choose joy? Where does that take me? Do I like where that takes me? You know, yeah. I think it's Graham Cook that says, if you don't like the thoughts you're having and the place they're getting you to, have another thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in his accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't sound like him, Englishman. But, but do you know what I mean? It's really, really true. Like, well, I don't like where this thought train is going. Well, then get on a different train, you know? Yeah, that's good. Rachel, you have the ability to get passage to another trajectory, you know? So that's that's just, we are, we need to mind our mind, you know, mind our mind. And I say, don't, you know, don't pay attention to any stinking thinking. It's not that it doesn't ever come to me, something that tries to be stinking. It's not that, it's just, I feel like, I kind of sense it like this is not like, why so downcast? Like, I, I don't know. How about you? Like, does it stick around for long? And it depends on the situation, but it kind of slithers in. <laughs> it's kind of a little like aroma that all of a sudden, I'm, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yikes. Reel yeah. that back in. Um, it depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. It depends on where I'm at in my life. It depends if I'm exercising or not and what I'm eating that has effect on it too. If I have joy or hope, um, it depends who I'm surrounding myself with. It depends if I'm getting in the presence of the Lord or if I'm isolating or hunkering into my own, um, pit that I've decorated and made mm. really comfortable. Mm. Up, put up curtains and hung art and made it really comfy in my little pit. Uh, depends if who I'm allowing to speak into my life. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. I can pull back and find myself in not a great place. And then right. I realize that I've decorated that and I'm sitting in it and I don't really know if I want to get out of it because it, it feeds the narrative and I stay stuck. And then mm. later I realize oh, where's my joy? And then I don't want to be around people or I don't, it can just become a vicious cycle and a pattern that steals from me. Yeah. I love how you said it kind of slithers in because that's very snake-like, but it yeah. also, it's so um, insidious, right? It's like, if it just, if it just slammed you, like, well, you're just going to, you're going to feel oh, really like, low. Ah, I know I see you, but it's not, it's sneaky. Mm -hmm. it's sneaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, or it's stockpiling. It's one little thing on top of another little thing on top of another. Th and then I'm offended and I'm hurt and then I'm mad. And then I go get in my pit mm. and it'll never change. And this is not, doesn't have hope. And what's the point? And all those things. Yeah. And then you're just like yeah. spiraling down. So. And going back to your thought that you give people in coaching is gratitude mm -hmm. because in the pit, there's probably not a lot of gratitude that's you know, mulling around in your brain because you actually can just open the bag of chips, so to speak, and start eating the other thoughts, you know, eating the bag of, you know, chip thoughts that are all this in line. With, yeah. And what about, what about, we all have what abouts, you know, well, what about this? Well, what about that? I, I believe that we all have a doubt space. We'll always have, we might have an unbelief space that we can go to those. And, you know, one of the phrases I often say is look back with gratitude, look forward with faith. Because mm -hmm. If you look back with gratitude, that's your, you know, you're asking them to just kind of journal or look at or be grateful or find those places. Mm -hmm. Then you can look forward to faith because you did that and you did that and you did that and you don't change and you can't lie. So I know you'll be able to do that. 
you know, or you'll be able to bring me out. But I see a lot of times people look back with regret and Mm -hmm. forward with fear instead of back with gratitude and forward with faith. And so you really have to frame it. Like, I really want to, like, I did this in 2020. I was starting to believe the narrative and I didn't really watch the news all the time. That's just, um, it's not that I stuck my head in the sand like an ostrich. It's just, it was the same all the time. So I was like, yeah, sure. yeah. this it's is now I got to be a steward, steward of my time. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to, you know, yeah. It's like watching a soap opera that every day they go, oh, how's he doing? Is he feeling sick still? And <laughs> you know, you're like, I know yeah, they're looking. Are Luke and Laura still on General Hospital from the 80s? <laughs> That's exactly what I, I was thinking, that exact thing. You know, you'd get that same line, but then somebody else will come down the hallway of the hospital, and then they'll ask Laura. It's like, oh, brother. <laughs> well, That's how it felt to me. It felt like we were hearing the same things. And I understand there was loss. I understand there was hard things. But during that time, I was just like, I am starting to believe this narrative of it's gloom and doom and we'll never get out. And this will always be the way. And that could be in a marriage. That could be in a financial situation. In this particular thing, it was for COVID, right? But it could be the thought pattern is very similar. The COVID mindset, now that I'm, I've never thought about this before, but it lays over other cir- circumstances. Sure. You know, yeah. this will never change or we will never be whatever. And I had to go sit down and write. And to be honest, I think it was an exercise somebody said on a podcast I was listening to. Write what really happened in 2020 and ask mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, what were you about and what were we doing and what was happening? Oh my gosh, Gail. Uh, I wrote, he speaks during that time. Um, I had, you know, really, really wonderful things that were happening with my family being on Zoom together. Michael and I connected. I mean, it was very different, but it, you know, I, I had to write them down. And I thought, oh my gosh, this has been a great year. In many ways, <laughs> amidst the crisis, yes. Mm-hmm. And you and I got to do some buddy times during that time, and we were even saying, "Yeah, this is a thing. We're not denying it, but yeah. there's some really good that can happen too." Right. I think too, if you if you feel like when I'm in a, a pit and I'm decorated, I'm sitting in it of hopelessness or no joy, um, or unforgiveness and despair. Any any pit that I I pick, yeah, I. Sometimes need to call a friend and yeah. say, hey, I can't think of anything nice to say. I, don't, right. I can't think of something to be grateful for. I can't think of something that would encourage my spirit and lift me out of this. So can you just remind me how God has been good, like in my life or in the world? Because I can't think of like, seriously, I can't think of anything. And it's yeah. not because I don't believe that it's true. I just literally can't get my hands on anything. And different friends will be like, well, this, and then God did that. And do you remember like the movement in this area or the healing in this relationship or the, the growth of this? And, and slowly I can start to like write them down and be like, okay, I need to go back and chew on these and remember what God has done and, and thank him for it. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't remember and need a friend. So I'm just encouraging people if they're like, I can't think of anything that God's done. To, ha- to ask a friend or to ask a family member that could maybe speak into that and be like, hey, I just want to give you, I want to share my hope with you. And I want to call out this because I, I, I walked with, with you through this and I saw this happen. And so sometimes we can't even think of, we can't even think, can't even come up with anything. So but true. Because coming from the outside, they can go, oh, do you remember that, like 
ultimate healing in your body or God saved your marriage or God, you know, brought your child home or, you know, you were, you were up to your eyeballs in debt and like, like you figured it out and you dug out and you like, you're stewarding your finances so differently now. And, and God's raised you up. I mean, I could think of a hundred things right now, but just, I sometimes have to go ask a friend because I literally can't think anything. And that's not because it didn't happen. It's just because I'm in the pit. Yeah. So I would just encourage someone. I think that's a great exercise. I think it's a great exercise because it's a perspective that somebody else may have. Sometimes I've said to people like, who are you? Who, who are you in your true identity, whatever. And if you don't know, ask somebody. And if it doesn't, if it shouldn't be something you believe or feel, then ask God to toss it out. But sometimes people can't own themselves. And in your case here, they can't, they need reminding. They need reminding. And it, you know, grandpa and grandma may say something like, oh, you've grown so much since I last saw you because they have a perspective that's Mm -hmm. outside and objective. So they can say, wow, you've really shot up. A friend can do that and and remind us of some things, you know, and that builds their faith too. So it's a good exercise to bring somebody into. Power and testimony. So, and, Mm -hmm. and if you're not in a pit, you could do that for a friend that is. That's remind them of the goodness of God or where God has shown up in their lives and, and remind them and, and kind of spoon feed them some of that because they, they might not be able to do it on their own. And I think it's part of friendship. I do too. And I think we've even covered this before in a buddy time where, you know, because we're called to um, carry our own load, but bear Mm -hmm. one another's burdens. And so sometimes if somebody is burdened, the good thing is that everybody's friendship group isn't always all burdened at the same time. You know what I mean? There's somebody else that can be helping to run someone to the hospital, so to speak, if it has to do with that. But yeah, that's that's really, really good. Well, do you have anything else you want to run through or should we pray for our audience? I think this was good. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength and it's not that it might be your strength. It is your strength. And it's a weapon of warfare, actually. And it can take down strongholds. Joy can take down strongholds. And even if you don't feel it, it, you can you can press into it and it will come right right because it's and there it's there it's ours mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think it's a i think it's a weighty topic but yeah. a helpful tool and truth and um a choice mm-hmm. and it's not fleeting it's not happiness it does not happen to do with your happenings it's literally something has nothing to do with all the stuff that's going on around you it's just a central point inside. And it's it's the one we contain. So because he's all of those things, we're all of those things. As he is, so are we in this world. As a man thinks in his heart, he also is that. Like it literally is like, oh, this is in me. It's almost a reminder to call it up like an elevator. You know, like, no, no, this is in me. This is yeah. this is something I can have. So it's the, it's the fruit of the spirit. And again, like you said, it's the third of the kingdom. It's the peace, mm-hmm. righteousness, and joy. Like, whew, that's so good. I'm encouraged. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you so, want to pray real quick for our audience? And, yes, and, we do, and we'll just thank God. Thank you. Yes. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we got to do this um, podcast today, Lord. And I just ask that it would go out um, through the airways, through the social media things and bring joy and that it would joy would land on the listeners today. They would choose joy and they would spread joy, that they would walk in joy, that they would know that joy is um, theirs for the taking, even in 
really, really hard circumstances, there can be joy. So I just pray that in Jesus' name, they will find joy today. And in the days to follow, regardless of circumstances, they would press in and lean in. They could do a word study on joy, that they would uh, choose joy. And so, Father God, I just um, bless the listeners. I bless Rachel. I just bless um, her husband, Michael, as he edits all these podcasts to get them out. And Lord, I just ask that you would put your hand um, on each listener today and bring them peace and joy and all that you have for them. That They would have new downloads of revelation. And I ask it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you. And Lord, I, I just thank you for each person. I thank you that you are working on their behalf and that you know what they need today. God, I thank you for being the joy that is inside of us. I thank you that when you came, they announced it with great joy. And so we're, we're just thankful. Nobody else's uh, um, announcement at birth came with angels all around it. So I just am grateful for who you are and what you do in our lives. And God, I ask for the one struggling and that here's our voice, that it wouldn't feel like pat answers. We try not to have pat answers, but there mm-hmm. is an answer and it's you and you are joy and you are peace and you are truth. And so this is truth. So just grab on in the name of Jesus and just know that um, hope and joy are rising within you. So may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. So that you overflow with hope, not on your own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage you to be the real deal. And I want to pray this prayer that my dad prayed once with me. Lord, we ask for all the people listening. We ask that you would help us be the best we can be. And we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I love you, friend. Thank you so much for your time. And buddy time, and we'll we'll do some others maybe if we have some questions coming up or whatever. But this was really good. I'm really grateful. Me too. Thank you, my dears. Everybody, go be the real deal. I love you, honey. See you. Bye. You've been listening to the Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. 